evening, isn't it? Amen. Let's sing that song when I think about the Lord. Makes me want to shout hallelujah. Amen. When I think about the Lord, how he raised me, how he saved me, how he Holy ground, it makes me 
bless you. Good to see you again. We just thank God now for some more beautiful weather and possibly some rain. <laughs> but thank God. We have a wonderful place to worship and thank God for each one of you. May we just commit to service to our Lord. Dear Lord Jesus, we just thank you for your presence. We thank you for each one that's here. We ask you to bless each home, each one, our young people. We thank you for them. Bless them and those that who work with them. In Christ Jesus' name, we ask you to just have your will and way with each one of our souls. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. sing this for Grandma Irene.
every praise to our God, every word of worship is wonderful, every praise, every praise is to our God, sing hallelujah is to our God, glory hallelujah is to our God, every praise. Every praise is to our God. God, my Savior. God, my healer. God, my deliverer. Yes, He is. Yes, He is. God, my
Amen. What a wonderful job in all groups tonight. Amen. Amen. At this time, we're going to go to the prayer request tonight. We're uh, glad to have Sister Linda Craiger and the family back with us tonight. Glad they're feeling much better. We want to continue to remember Sister Irene Meadows in her prayers as she's in RMH. Uh, want to be remembering Brother Joe Reynolds and the family from Arkansas. Their daughter, Cherith, which was 16 years old, she passed away in a tragic car accident this week. I want to be remembering mom and dad, Brother Ron and Sister Connie, as they are in Canada for meetings up there with Brother Tim Pruitt, Brother Kelly Hildebrandt this weekend. I'm thankful to have Brother Seth Hinkle in service here with us tonight. God minister to him. I want to be remembering Sister Wendy Lucas, Sister Tara, in our prayers. She is in ICU at UVA. Thank you, Sister Mary Thomas. Dear church, please pray for me on September the 23rd. I go for surgery. Thank you, Brother Mike Buchanan. Uh, Brother Ron, Brother Andrew in church, please pray for our neighbor, Bill Fox. They found a spot on his brain. They did some tests, but he don't know the results yet. Pray and believe everything will be okay. Thank you, Brother Thomas. I want to continue remembering Sister Adonaya in our prayers. She is pink eye, loving Christ, Brother Jonathan Dameron. I'm going to be remembering her. Please pray for my great aunt, Jerry. She is suffering from extreme pain in her hips and legs. She lives with her dog, Molly. Uh, she, Aunt Jerry has been asked many times from the neighbors why mom and I wear skirts and have long hair. She responds, by, they believe what the Bible says. And uh, this comes from Sister Joanne Kelly. I want to be remembering her Aunt Jerry in our prayers. Please remember my Aunt Juanita, who has cancer, and my other Aunt Paige, who has had heart surgery. Also, I have unspoken need God knows all about. Thank you, Sister Cassie Spencer. Brother Andrew and Brother Matthew, please remember Brother Harold in our prayers. He has some optical needs in body. Thank you, Sister Denise. Sister Julia, she has a need in body tonight. Thank you, Sister Tracy. Dear church, please pray for my lost loved ones, sick folks everywhere, including Linda and the job situations and unspoken request, Brother John. Dear church family, continue remembering John Hurts in your prayers that his blood platelets will come up. Remember my brother Larry in your prayers as he has a need in body and continue to remember mom in your prayers. Thank you, Sister Barbara Gregory. Please pray for my neighbor, Lonnie Shiflett. He has cancer and is taking chemo. Also pray for me as I, I need a touch in body. Thank you, Sister Pat Gooden. We know God can meet each and every one of these requests tonight. Now tonight I've read off many requests, but our God is able to meet them all. Amen. Won't we stand? Remember, John, if you'd bring these before the throne of grace tonight. You pray as Brother John prays for us tonight. quite a list tonight we all, all have needs 
Sometimes we, our faith kind of wavers just a little bit. Let's uphold one another. Each one of us grab a hold of one of these requests. The scripture says the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous, not, not the preacher, not a preacher, of the righteous. You're righteous because God called you righteous. Amen. They avail much. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we go before you, Lord Jesus. We come to you, Lord, as your dear children. Lord, we come humbly and, and cautiously, Lord, but we boldly do come before you, Lord, knowing that you're a kind Heavenly Father and that you know our needs are diverse and that you placed us down here on earth where we would need have needs, Lord, and we would have need of the answerer. Lord, now we come before you because you have all the answers, dear Lord. And though even though the questions may be many, sometimes, Lord, we don't know where to turn and our, our, our human abilities get to the very last, last straw, straw, the last string, Lord, we can always turn to you. Father, sometimes I hope, I wish that I would turn to you first. Sometimes I wait to the very end. But nevertheless, Lord God, I know that there is a name above all other names. One that created heavens and earth that I can call upon who can change the scene, oh God. And I appreciate that, Lord, because right now I need the scene changed, Lord. I have needs, Lord. We have diverse needs. Those that have, those that have spots here and there that might be uh, uh, dangerous or cancerous or some kind of a other issue, Lord, or, or Lord, whatever the, the thing might have been, oh God. Needs of family and health and a provision, Lord, of jobs and finances, Lord God. You know them, each and individual, each one of them particularly. Now, Lord God, we pray that the Lord of harvest would grant unto us the needs that we have, Lord. We're calling upon you, Lord, not because you're the last-ditch effort, but, Father, because we know that there's, a, there's one that we can go to who always hears our prayers who is always attentive. Maybe we don't see directly what you're doing, but Lord, you're always working on our behalf. And with faith in our hearts, we thank you now for the answer of all of the needs that we have. Lord, we give you praise and glory. Lord, already for the answer. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. Amen. You can be seated. May Brother Nathan Noel come sing for us tonight. And then after he sings tonight, Brother Shannon, if he'd prepare one for us, he would sing for us tonight. God bless you. I've lost some good friends along life's way Some loved ones departed Heaven to stay But thank God I didn't lose everything I lost faith in people 
torn shackles and chains. I've been freed and forgiven. I'm not going back. you glad you've been forgiven tonight. Amen. Let's stand. At this time we're going to receive this evening's offering. You give as God's blessed you tonight. Let's sing a song, The More That I Surrender, The Lighter My Load. Amen. And the more that I surrender, the lighter my load.
sing a song bless the Lord of my soul and worship his holy name sing it with me tonight if you know bless the Lord of my soul oh my soul worship his holy name sing like
worship his holy name. We've gathered here tonight to worship him. That's what we as children were born to do. We were destined to worship a God. Let's worship him. Let's worship him. With all our heart, from this point forward, let's worship him with everything that's within us. Every fiber of our being, every energies of our soul, may we worship him like never before. May we sing that song because of who you are tonight. Because of who you are, I give you glory. Because of who you are, I give you praise. And because of who you are, I will lift my voice and say, Lord, I worship you because of who has the answer for but yet you are our answer you are everything that we've ever wanted you're everything that we've ever needed Lord that's the reason that we can worship you because you're not a God of just yesterday or maybe a God of the future but you're a God of right now I believe that you are in our thoughts I believe that you're already working things out for us I pray God tonight Lord, that you would minister to us in such a way that we would have to say that that was more than a man. That was Jesus. Lord, I pray that the mighty angel would step into this building. I pray that you would be pleased with our worship. I pray, Father, that, that you would reach out and touch every heart just now. There's many needs that are amongst us, Lord, and this weekend is about challenging our faith to step out and take you at your word. And so, Father, we, we do so even now. We take you at your word. We ask, God, that you'd have your will and your way in this service. We dedicate it to you. 
Every need, Father, we present it to you just now. May you move on behalf of your children. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles this evening, we'll turn, turn over into Acts chapter 4 and verse 7. We want to wish Brother Meadows a very happy 88th birthday tomorrow. May God richly bless you. Amen. 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 We certainly love Brother Meadows and want to continue to pray for his wife, Sister Irene, that God would touch her life there. Also want to make mention to you, some of you have already seen it or watched it, but if you have not, I would advise or instruct you to do so, to go and look up uh, on Brother Tim Pruitt's website or on livinggod.com, Elena Butt's testimony that they have produced and it will do you a, it will be a real blessing to your heart and a, it'll build your faith. And uh, we just, we thank the Lord for the work that they have put in behind that. And uh, so we, we encourage you to do so if you have not seen it, to go and watch it. And it's, it's a very tremendous uh, testimony of God's grace and that God is still a miracle working God. That's why we're here this evening is because God is still God. Amen. Amen. Acts chapter 4 and verse 7, we'd like to speak to you this evening again on the moment of the miraculous. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel by, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Amen. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled. And they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could not, they could say nothing against it. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred amongst themselves saying, What shall we do with these men? For indeed a notable miracle hath been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. Amen. May God bless his word. You may be seated this evening. I love it when the enemy cannot figure out an excuse. I love it when the enemy has to just sit there completely quiet because they know that they can't deny what has taken place in front of them. Here's a man that, that we've read many times in the scriptures. We've read over this story how that this man was crippled from his mother's womb. How that he laid there at that beautiful gate day in and day out and would sit there and beg for alms and 
Now this man, the Bible tells us, if you go on to read, that this man was above 40 years old so that the, so that the testimony was, was more sure because of his age and because of all of his years laying there and sitting in that condition. It made the miracle more outstanding because of what, how, how prolific the miracle was. You can imagine as this man, as he had sat there by that gate day in and day out, sitting there begging for alms, how that, how that he would watch normal people, how that they would walk. He would watch as some people, how that they would carry themselves, some having a limp and some having a different sway about them. He would watch people of, uh, of different statures of society, men of rich and men of poor. He would sit there and watch, but no doubt... He would long, no matter who, who passed him, how rich they were or what kind of garments they had on. I'd say that his mindset was, oh, if I could only allow my, my limbs to operate like their limbs. You know, when you're in that condition, it doesn't really matter. Money doesn't matter to you. It doesn't matter how big a house you're in. When you're in that type of condition, you're just waiting for your moment of miraculous and I can imagine his mindset sitting there. I've been sitting here. I'm, all, I'm over 40 years old. I've been laying here by this gate day in and day out. People walk past me and people go by me, but yet there's been no help. But at this moment that when Peter and John walked past the beautiful gate to go to the house of worship... His eyes fell upon different men that day. And, and when Peter looked on him, he knew that he was begging for alms. And he looked at him and he said, Brother, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. You see, the moment that he had dreamed of, the moment that he had laid there and thought about all of his life, all of his years laying there, was now that moment was standing in front of him. All of the events that had led up of all of the things that were going through his mind. Well, will I ever be healed? Will I ever be touched? Will I ever get up out of my stupor? Will I ever rise up out of this condition? But at this moment, all of the events and the process of time had led up to this moment of the miraculous. He had to realize that there was more than a man that was standing there, but this was none other than Jesus Christ of Nazareth that walked the shores of Galilee, that raised Lazarus from the grave, that touched the lepers and they were made clean, that raised the widow of Nain's son. This was that same God living in his apostles, Peter and John. His moment was not per se done by Jesus in his own corporal body, but it was done in his many-member body. That same God is alive today. You see, wherever God is, it is supernatural. Because God is a supernatural God and we are witnesses tonight and we are here to prove that there is a living God amongst us. Can you testify of that, that there is a living God amongst us? You see, where God is, it's the supernatural. But I want you to know that to God, the supernatural is just natural. To us, whenever a healing takes place or a miracle takes place, it's supernatural. But with God, it's natural. You see, it's natural for God to be in your car and be reading your book. It's natural for God to show up and work miracles in your life. It's natural for God to come by your way and speak directly to you. It's natural for God because he's God. 
It's natural for God to deliver you from your chains and your bondage of your sin and of your fear. It's natural for him to do that because he's God. He's God. Tonight I hope you don't mind me talking about a God that heals because that's what I'm going to talk about tonight. I hope you don't mind me talking about a God that works miracles because that's the God that I'm serving. And I have found in life that whenever you go to talking about God, God shows up. Hallelujah. All of humanity, after the fall of humanity, and we look over in the book of Genesis, we look at the fall of humanity and, and we see there that God had commanded Adam and Eve to not partake of a certain tree of the garden. And it was not the apple in the tree that caused the fall. It was the pear on the ground that caused the fall. And you see, God had foretold when he was cursing the serpent, which was an upright beast. He was not a reptile, but that here at this moment, he cursed the beast. He cursed that serpent to his belly, that he would eat dust the rest of his days. But he told him in Genesis chapter 3 and 15, that I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. We agree that the woman had a seed, and we realize that that was Christ. And it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. We, we realize it is a well-known predicted, it is predicted, well-known that the predicted bruising of the serpent's head was in actuality a prophecy concerning what Christ would accomplish against Satan at the cross. And there at the cross, Christ would bruise the head of Satan. And all of the prophets of old were looking for the coming of this serpent bruiser. They were looking for the coming of the Messiah. And when Christ rose on the scene, those that came in contact with him, excluding all the unbelievers, they recognized and believed that this was the Messiah. They recognized that the one that's doing these miracles, Nicodemus had to recognize that God was with him. Lazarus, when he come up out of the grave, he recognized. He thought it, but yet he recognized when he come out of that tomb and he had his old grave clothes on that there was more than a man that was standing on the outside of that tomb. How many of you have been spoken to when you were wrapped up in your grave clothes and you realized that it was more than a man that was talking to you, that called you out of the trespasses of the sins in life. It was more than a man that read your book. It was more than a man that told you to play that tape. It was more than a man that told you to come to church. And I say to you tonight, more than a man is in this building. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But when death came at Calvary, all of the disciples and all of his followers, they watched him be spit on. They watched him as he was ridiculed. They watched him as he was mocked and scorched. And those that had hoped that this was the Messiah, all of their hope seemed to be fading away at this moment. It looked like all hope was gone of him being the Messiah. After seeing all that the disciples had seen, you can imagine all of the miracles that had taken place in Jesus' ministry, but all of these things that the disciples had seen seemed to kind of fade away in their memory when they watched their Savior going down. When they watched him hang there as he took the cross of a cursed man. Woo! But they didn't realize the power of the cross that he was going there for them. 
But they watched him as he climbed Golgotha's hill. They watched him as he was spit on. They watched him as he was whipped. They watched him and they thought, oh, hope is gone of this being our Messiah. But Jesus would tell them over and over and over again, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me. And if you can't believe that, believe the works that I do. For the works that I do prove who I am. The works that Jesus did proved who he was. It proved that he was the Messiah. He proved when he was there hanging at Calvary that he was everything that God had foreordained before the world began. Hallelujah. All of these miracles, as we would stack them up in Jesus' ministry, as they would come to pass, the Bible says over in the book of John chapter 21 that the Bible could not contain all of the miracles that were done. The world could not contain the miracles that were done in the ministry of Jesus Christ. And in the early 1950s, Brother Branham, you'll hear him say, in the early 1950s, we have seen, we have seen him do mighty more miracles in this humble ministry than he did in all of his earthly ministry in three and a half years. That same God is amongst us. But after seeing all the mighty works that God did, still doubt entered into their heart. But early on Easter morning... Early on Easter morning, hope began to rise when death could not contain him and the grave could not hold him. In that moment, in that moment when every bit of sin was hanging in the balance, when humanity was hanging in the balance, was this the Messiah or not? But in that moment, the miraculous took place. The sin question was settled there forever. The requirement had been met. Hallelujah. They watched him die on Friday, but they watched him rise on Sunday. Hallelujah. He's God. He looked like a man when he was crying at Lazarus' grave, but when he said, Lazarus, come forth, it was more than a man that was speaking, and the same son of man is speaking. Come forth, little bride. Come forth. Rise up out of your stupor. Rise up out of your unbelief. Rise up. This is your moment, full gospel lighthouse. Rise up. Rise up past your fears. Rise up past your unbelief. Rise up. When he was here on earth, he said he was God. He looked like God. He talked like God. He preached like God. Hallelujah. He healed like God. He rose like God. He ascended like God because he was God. He was God in the flesh. God was in his son manifesting himself to his people. And that's my God. The Bible was never written to show us what God has done in the past. But the Bible was written to show us who God is. Somebody say, who God is. And what he wants to do in every generation, in every walk of life, everywhere on earth, to live in a people. That's right. The Bible says in Genesis 30, or 3, excuse me, Galatians 3 and 23.
devil don't like me using this microphone. He's trying to hinder in every way he can. But I got something to deliver tonight. Galatians 3 and 23. But before faith came, we were kept under the law. Shut up under the faith which was should all should afterwards be revealed. You see, the law kept us shut up. It kept us bound. The law only pointed out sin, but it had no grace in it. Law was the policeman, but it, yet it had no grace in it. Wherefore the law, verse 24, was our was our schoolmaster to bring unto us Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after that faith has come, we are now no longer, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. For ye are all children of God by faith. Somebody say by faith. We are all the children of God by faith. Excuse me. In Christ Jesus for as many of you as of you have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. For there is neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither bond nor free. There's neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Bear with me. Hallelujah. You wait more for a hamburger than you will for this tonight. I want nothing to hinder me tonight. How I look. And if ye be Christ, hello, if ye be Christ, if ye be Christ, I hope somebody hears me tonight. I done got all the hindrances out of the way. If ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seeds and heirs according to the promise. God give has given us a sure promise to Abraham's seed that in blessing I will bless thee and in multiplying I will multiply thee and thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies you were elected to this before the foundation of the world you were born to be serpent bruisers before there was a world you were elected to it you were elected to take a hold of it and you will win the battle if you be Christ you will win the battle if you be Christ, you will come out overcomers. If you be Christ, there's nothing going to hold you back. If you be Christ, whoo, hallelujah, Satan, your kingdom's coming down. If ye be Christ, come on somebody, he tried his very best to destroy Christ and he could not destroy him. And if ye be Christ, 
He cannot destroy you because you are a part of God. I'm a part of God. I'm an heir of salvation. I'm purchased of God. We are a people that's been called by his name. Same life, same power. The book of Daniel tells us that the people that do know their God will be strong and shall do exploits. Paul said in the book of Ephesians 5 and 27 that this church would be a glorious church without spot, without wrinkle, and without a blemish. There's nothing that's laid at your accord. The blood of Jesus Christ has made you sinless. The blood of Jesus Christ has made you justified as if you never done it before the world began. You never did it to begin with. God did not see you in your sin. God did not see you in your despair. God seen you in perfection. The devil wants to point to you and point you to your mistakes and point to your failures. But you point to Christ. That's what God seen you as. Improving his word, he said we should realize that in us has been given. We who believe Jesus Christ and been born of his spirit and filled with that quickening power, that power that's in you, somebody say amen. amen. By laying on hands on the others like the disciples did and down through the age, it's absolutely healed the sick. It's raised the dead. It showed visions and prophecies. And the very same spirit that lived amongst the early apostles is living in the church today. Working the very same things. And as quick as we can recognize that, no matter how much it's a working, you've got to recognize and believe that. He won't do you one bit of good until you believe it. He won't do you one bit of good till you believe it. But the moment that you believe it, your troubles are ended. The moment that you believe it, your troubles are ended. You know God is omnipotent. He's all powerful. God's not got big heavy spots and God, he's not got little bitty weak spots. Every, every little bit of touch of God is omnipotent. The least little touch of God is omnipotent. Whew. I could preach all night just from that one quote right there. The least little touch of God is all powerful. You know, Dad used to work in the arsenal in the government there where they made nitroglycerin. And, and Dad would come and he would tell us of these stories about men that would take just a little tablespoon of nitroglycerin and they'd set it on a stump and shoot it from several hundred yards away. And it would blow a stump completely out of the ground. Just that little bit of nitroglycerin would blow a stump out of the ground. Well, one day we was down at a yard and we was working and, and the man was telling us that this material, the, this piece of metal that we were buying, it came out of the arsenal in which dad worked in. And when he began to tell dad that, dad looked at it and he said, yeah, he said, I remember that. I remember that piece of material. He said, I remember that, how, how that those things were there in the arsenal. And dad just grabbed that piece of metal and just threw it up on the trailer. I took a great big step back. 
Because I had heard the stories of what nitroglycerin would do. That if a building would go off, it would blow down in the ground several hundred feet. And they would have to go in there and if somebody was in there and look for bodies. I knew what nitroglycerin could do. And here, Dad just takes that thing and throws it on the trailer. I'm glad it didn't blow up. But you think about the natural power of nitroglycerin, of what it can do. What about the power of God? The least little touch of God when He touches your life, touches your sin, touches your sickness, touches your life. It'll completely set you free. It'll blow blow the gates of hell right off of it. The least little touch of God. Ephesians 3 and 20, now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the dynamite that worketh in us. Woo, hallelujah. That works in you, little bride. According to the dynamite power that works in you. Well, Satan, your kingdom's coming down. Oh, I said, Satan, your kingdom's coming down. We're serving notice on you today. It's over. It's over. We're sick and tired of putting up with your tactics. We're sick and tired of putting up with your attacks. It's over. Full Gospel Lighthouse, I want you to hear me loud and clear. This is your moment for the miraculous. I want you tonight to step out in faith and receive the promise that God ordained for you to receive. This is your promise. You're his children. You're his people. You're his wife. You are greater than any Congress. You're greater than any president. You're the queen of heaven. Access your authority tonight and speak to your mountain. Hallelujah. This Bible that you read daily, the author of the book wants to come. He wants to come into your life and show forth his power. His attributes in your life to demonstrate that there's no God like Jehovah. And I have found in my Christian walk, I have found that God loves to declare his power. He loves to declare that he's God. He loves to declare and decree there's no God like him. But God on that hand does not clown for nobody. Is that right? He don't clown for nobody. He's God. He only does his will. He's only going to do that which pleases him. But you, you see, you cannot force God or push God around to work a miracle in your life. You say, well, I'm going to make God do this because I know he's able. You can't push God into doing something. But yet, on the other hand, you can accept God's word by faith. And faith, like a grain of mustard seed, will roll your mountain over. You can't push God into it, but your faith will bring it to pass. Oh, I tell you, what is a kidney stone to God? What is sickness to God? Come on, somebody. What's a barren wound to God? What's a distraught home to God? Absolutely nothing. You got to realize who's fighting with you in the battle. 
A lot of times we get the idea that we're all alone and nobody else is fighting but me. That nobody else is working but me. But if you can ever open up your spiritual eyes and realize that the battle's not mine, but the battle is the Lord's. You've got to realize that there's more than a man fighting for you. Oh, hallelujah. He's a man of war and he's never lost a fight. He's the chief captain of the host of the Lord and he's not lost one. There's a lot of men that fought for General Lee and fought for Stonewall Jackson, but they lost battles and they lost wars. But this God that you're fighting with, he ain't never lost one battle. He's not lost one case. It's never nothing too hard for the Lord. God has something supernatural for you tonight. Is that right? Do you believe that tonight? You got to realize who you're fighting with. You got to realize the God that's on your side tonight. You got to realize that you're not on the losing side, but you're on the winning side. You got to realize that even though you can't see him working, you got to know that he's working. You gotta realize that when you are in the midst of a battle and you're sweating every which way from Sunday, you gotta realize that there's a God standing right there. And the God that's fighting with you, he's a miracle working God. That God is a healer. He's a way maker. He's a promise keeper. He's an income provider. He's the sustainer of your soul. He's the lifter of your head. He's the prince of peace. He's the prince of life. He's the king of kings. He's my all in all. He's the mighty conqueror. He is my defense. He's my buckler and he is my shield. He's my strong tower. On one hand, he's your silent partner. But on the other hand, he's a roaring lion. He's your lawyer. He's your doctor. Brother Nathan, he's your surgeon. He's your everything. You've got to realize that you and God were built to be partners in the miraculous I'm a partner with God and if God is your partner you better have big plans. Somebody say God's my partner and we are partners in the miraculous. We're partners in the instantaneous. We're partners in the paradox. It's unbelievable but yet it's true. You walk into a business meeting, your next business meeting, and they want to know what your assets are, you tell them that your father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. They want to know what kind of insurance you got. You can tell them, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. They want to know what you can do. You say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater than cancer, greater than anything, greater than TB, greater than MRSA, greater than any sickness, that God's living in me. 
Hallelujah. When the three Hebrew children, when they walked into their moment that they needed more than a man to step up, they were in a moment. They had caught themselves up in a moment that could not be divided. They had walked into a moment that they needed a God to show up. And that's when the miraculous shows up. God loves to put you in those spots just to show that he's God. And when the three Hebrew children, when they walked into the flames of the fire, they said there's one walking. There's one walking in the midst of the fire. He's still in the fire tonight, church, and he's walking in the flames. And he'll be there to help you if you call on Jesus' name. In their moment, the miraculous took place. And the story has never stopped from being told. David was so anointed that a giant couldn't kill him. Daniel was so filled with the Holy Ghost that lions couldn't eat him. And this bride is so filled and anointed by a mighty angel that there is no 200,000 thousand demons that will stop her from rising up out of the ashes of despair. There's no demon that's gonna stop the purpose of God. You were born for this moment. You are ordained to step into the vision. This is your moment. Step into the miraculous. If three Hebrew children could walk into the fire, what about 200 children tonight? Why don't you walk into the promise tonight? The promises of God have no stipulation on them. They don't care if you're rich. They don't care if you're poor. The promise is yea and amen. The promise don't care if you're yellow, black, or white, orange, or yellow. The promises are for you tonight. The promise has no stipulation on it. The promise don't care what kind of house you live in. It don't care if you live in a cardboard box. The promise is for you tonight. Woo! You see, miracles happen when God is taken at his word. When the angel of the Lord met Gideon there in the book of Judges, when he met him there, and he was standing there, and he said, Thou art a mighty man of valor, and the Lord is with thee. And Gideon said, If God be for us, why is all of these things befalling us? Why are we out here hiding and threshing wheat in a, in a field under an oak tree? We're all back here. We're scared. We ain't got no courage at all. If, if God is for us, then why are all of these things befalling us? I wonder sometimes if that ain't our attitude. Why is it me? Poor me, poor me, poor me. If God is for us, then where's his miracles at? If that's your resolution tonight, here's your miracle. If you think God don't do it no more, if you're a miracle tonight, I want you to stand up. If God be for us, then where be all of his miracles? They're right here. Hallelujah. 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 God bless you. You can be seated. You see, when Gideon began to act upon God's word, he then seen the miracle. 
when he went in and got himself a kid, got a goat and took it out there and placed it upon the altar. And the angel of the Lord touched it with a rod and consumed it with fire. He seen the miracle working God was with him. And if you will ever lay yourself upon the altar and sacrifice your life, you'll begin to see the miracles of God. You see, how are you going to see the miracles of God until you become a miracle of God? This man had so met God that God ordained him that he took 300 men and went down and destroyed 135,000 Midianites. The odds were stacked up against him. It was 400 to 1 Midianites against the Israelites. But when God is your partner and when God is fighting on your side, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. He will give you a battle plan that'll make sure you come out victorious. He'll give you a battle plan that will show you that you're on the winning side. Woo, hallelujah. You look, you look over in the book of Exodus and you see the mighty man, mighty hand of God. That God was a mighty man of war. When he come down and he produced 10 major miracles that were done there in Egypt, God's power was shown and the enemy was thwarted. Sure, they had their impersonators. Sure, they had their impersonators, but who was first? It was Moses. You see, they could go along with all of their miracles and all of those things, trying to follow right in with Moses. But Moses, as you remember, when Moses threw down his rod and then they threw down those magicians of Janus and Jambres threw down their rod, Moses' rod ate up the impersonators. This word will eat up the impersonators any day of the week. This word will defeat Satan any time, any place, under any circumstance. Time after time, God showed forth his power, showed that he was a miracle working God. And finally it come down to it that the enemy, Pharaoh, decided to let God's people go. But you know one thing I have found about, about the devil's sister Stephanie is that he's a stupid devil. After the children of Israel walk out of Egypt, they walk out of the cosmos, here the enemy comes chasing them again. The enemy loves to put his fear tactics over upon you and tell you that you'll never be able to be free. But God's got a word for you that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There's a freedom in this place that if you feel like you can't be set free, there's a God that's here that's got the keys to the chains that are holding you bound. And the enemy chased them all the way down to the Red Sea. And it looked like that, that the enemy had God's children backed up into a corner. But I have found in life that God, that's where he shows up at. Is when you look like you're backed in a corner. When all of humanity was backed in a corner. Adam's race was backed in a corner. There came one from heaven. And when the children of Israel went backed into a corner, when the, when the Pharaoh and all of his army were breathing down upon them, it looked like they were backed up into a corner. And then there came a voice in that moment 
that spake unto Moses, why cry? Speak and go forward. This process, this was a process that led to a moment of the miraculous. For over 440 years, the process of time was going on. But at that moment, the miraculous showed up. That Red Sea had been there since God created the world, but God chose this place. Oh, hallelujah. God chose this place to drown his enemy in. It'd been laying there since before the time began, but God chose that place to destroy his enemy. How about you tonight? The blood's been there for 2,000 years. It's been there. God, lamb, God's lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. He saw the perfect place to destroy your enemy in, in the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. This process led to a miracle that'll never be forgotten where two million people walked across on dry land. He's still the same God. You see, because of this miracle, lives have been changed. I was telling about the miracle of this in Arkansas not too long ago. I was telling about all of the odds that have been stacked up against God's children and stacked up against God, but God knew exactly. God knew exactly how to get his children across. And there was a sister there that was dealing with fibromyalgia. And in that instant, she stood up and said, if God can do that, what about my sickness? If God can do all of that, what about depression? What about anxiety? Because of this miracle, Rahab had faith to apply the token. Because of this miracle, Jericho was all walled in and shut up and their hearts melted and courage had left them. Here was a miracle inside of a miracle. And I wonder how many miracles are laying on the inside of you. I wonder when you decide to raise your voice. I wonder when you decide to let out your shout. How many miracles are coming out of Rahab's house? I wonder tonight. I wonder if there's some mamas and daddies or, or sisters or brothers that say, Mama, Daddy, get in this household. Get under this token. Get under here because there's coming a shout. That's coming to shout. Get in here. The walls are crumbling around, but you're assured under this token, you will be safe and you will be secure. There's miracles in the miracle. Oh, hallelujah. And when the children of Israel got on the other side of this miracle, there came a sound. When they got on the other side of the Red Sea, there became a sound that'll never be forgotten because they had seen their taskmasters. They had seen the ones that had whipped them time and time again. They had seen, they had seen, they, they had seen their avenger cast into the sea and they seen chariot wheels fly, floating up to the top of the Red Sea. You talking about a feeling. 
when you look out there and you see the enemy that once held you bound is completely destroyed. That enemy that keeps telling you that you're gonna have to put up with anxiety the rest of your life, I want you to know he's a roaring lion, but he ain't got no teeth in his mouth. He can roar all he wants to, but his bark, his bark is way louder than his bite. Oh, yeah, you can breathe down my neck all you want to. You can tell me I'm going to be defeated all you want to, but let me get on the other side of the blood. Let me get on the other side of the blood. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me get on the other side of the Red Sea. And there's coming out a shout. It's coming out a dance on the other side. That's coming out of praise on the other side. That's coming out of my voice a worship. That's coming out of my mouth a praise. That's coming out of my mouth a shout, a hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. That's coming out of my mouth on the other side of the issue. Hallelujah. Did their sound... Match their miracle. Exodus 15 and 1. Then sang Moses. Woo. You talking about a song singing service. Brother Matthew, sometimes when I get up here and I lead service and sometimes when you lead service, it's almost more than you can handle because the people have come expecting you know, you know when you walk to this pulpit that those that the children of God have come to worship. You know that sometimes, that, yeah, sometimes you're just pushing. You're trying, you're sticking that plow in, trying to get that ground fertile. But there's sometimes when you walk out here and it feels like every hair on your head's blowing backwards. Because there's the children of God that are under expectation. They have seen a mighty God in action, and he's worth praising. Could you imagine the prophet Moses as he began to sing this song, how he felt? Woo, hallelujah. I don't know how long Moses' beard was, but I'd say every, every hair on there was sticking completely straight out. And sometimes when I get to singing up here, it feels like every, every one of these red hairs I got on my head, I stand it completely out, and I'm thankful for the jail that I put on my hair, or I'd look like one of these crazies today. Because there's a supernatural God that is, that is accepting our worship. Woo, hallelujah. And then Moses sang, and the children of Israel, this song unto the Lord and spake saying I will sing unto the Lord for he hath triumphed gloriously the horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea the Lord is my strength and song he has become my salvation he is my God and I will prepare him a habitation my father's God and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his host hath he cast into the sea. His chosen captains are also drowned in the Red Sea. 
The deaths have covered them. They sank in the bottom as a stone. Thy right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, hath dashed in pieces the enemy. And in the greatness of thine excellency, thou hast overthrown them that rose up against thee. Thou sentest forth thy wrath, which consumed thee as a stubble. And with the blast of thy nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The flood stood upright as a heap. The depths were congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, notice his last words. The enemy said, I will pursue. I will overtake. I will divide the spoil. My lust shall be satisfied, satisfied upon them. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. But thou didst blow with a wind. The sea covered them. They sank as lead in the mighty waters. Who is like unto the Lord among the gods? Who is like unto our God? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? You tell me, are the gods of Laodicea like this God? Are the gods of Michael Jordan and Tom Brady and LeBron James like this God? Can those gods save you from the Red Sea? Can those gods save you from the chariots? But this God has so set his eye upon you that he will not lose you and he will not leave you and he will not forsake you. No matter what you're going through, even when you don't feel him working, I know that you're working. Even when I don't see that you're working, I know that you're working because you never stop, you never stop, you never stop working. That's my God. Daniel Williams came to Tim Pruitt's service when he, when he had got into a spot. In his last service that he preached there, I believe, he came to the pulpit, checked himself out of the hospital after he had had surgeries and different things, and he walked to the pulpit and preached about the God that I serve. He said, I don't know about the gods of, of the sports realm. I don't know about the gods of the professors. I don't know about the gods of Congress. But this God, this God, I know about that God. I know that this God works miracles. I know that this God is a healer. I want you to try this God tonight and see if he fits the bill. And I promise you that he will. They were shouting because the miracle. Their sound was matching the miracle. You know, we got our critics today, the critics of our praise, the critics of our worship, the critics of our preaching, and they're even here tonight. We got our critics of praise and our critics of worship that try to tell us how we should and how we shouldn't worship God. They tell us what type of songs that we need to sing. But those critics of praise are under the same inspiration as Michal, David's wife. 
They're under the same inspiration today. She was critical not necessarily of King David, but she was critical of the praise that was due God. And it's the same spirit today that brings about an unfruitful life. From that point forward, Michael never was able to have children because she criticized the worship of God. You see, not necessarily were they critical. Are they critical of me or critical of Sister Cassie or critical of Brother Donnie or critical of Sister Deborah? But they're critical of the praise that is due God. They're not critical of me. They're critical of the praise that's due the king. But you know, as I said last night, that God is an object of worship. And he deserves to be praised. He deserves to be worshipped. You see, the reason why people never change is because, and maybe they've never made a move, is because they have never experienced the God of miracles. They never walked in behind the veil, and they never walked back there and got rebaptized. Got got there, got a renewing of their mind and a transformation of their heart. They're critical of our praise. They're critical of our worship. They're critical of our dance. But as I say before, I don't care what the devil don't like. I'm going to praise him with all of my might. If I feel like praising him, that's what I'm going to do. If I feel like dancing, that's what I'm going to do. If the spirit of God moves on me to speak in an unknown tongue, that's exactly what I'm going to do. You don't like my shout? My shout is just matching my miracle. If you've seen your taskmaster drowning in the blood of Jesus, it would give you something to shout about. The reason why you can't shout is because you're still holding on to the chains that are holding you bound. You love hanging on to that old dead, fold, cold form of worship. You like hanging on to those old hymns that nobody ever moves and it's so quiet that you can hear a church mouse moving. But I believe that if you ever get to heaven, it's going to be loud in heaven. And if you go to hell, it's going to be loud in hell. and I worship him it's because the miracle hallelujah somebody's going to rise up somebody's going to rise up they say well I'm going to sit here and I'm going to do what I'm going to do I don't care go ahead and do what you're going to do well I'm going to sit home and stream and I'm going to sit home and I'll sit here in my recliner drink my sweet tea and eat my popcorn how's that going to work on resurrection morning Stream all you want to. Listen to tapes all you want to. But I listen to tapes 24-7. My tape player never turns off. But on Saturday and on Sunday, I come to hear live ministry. Somebody's going to rise up and they're going to sound off a miracle. Somebody's going to rise up and take God at his word. Somebody's going to do it. 
Somebody's going to do it. Let them rise. Say what you want to. But as for Full Gospel Lighthouse and me, we will serve the Lord. I know some of you have said, oh, oh, if we could just have Brother Homer back. Well, I want you to know Brother Homer's still living. He can't die. Woo, hallelujah. He said, oh, I wish I could have my loved one back. If they're dead in Christ, they ain't dead. We're just gonna meet them in the morning. Oh my, oh my, he's a miracle working God. Oh, I tell you right now, while your faith is right high, I want you to reach out and touch him. This is more than an emotion. This is more than a pulsating. This is more than a, than a propping up. This is a faith that has risen to the challenge. Let your faith loose. Let your faith loose and believe God. Let your faith loose and let it practice what, what you believe. Let your faith loose and let him so let you see that the Holy Spirit's still alive. Let your faith loose and see that the message of the hour is Jesus Christ. Let your faith loose. If you let your faith loose, I want you to say it out of your lips. I want you to confess from this moment what you want to see. Confess it. Don't be ashamed who's standing beside you. You confess from your lips. There is power in your tongue. There's power in your confession. Confess what you want. Ask what you want. Seek and you shall find. He's here tonight. Knock on heaven's door. This is your moment. You were born for this moment. This is the moment of the miraculous. If you do not doubt, but say in your heart, speak to that mountain and mountain be moved. It's already done. It's already done. It's already done. Barren lands, prepare to receive seed. Barren churches, prepare to produce. And barren wombs, prepare to bring forth. This is a moment. It's a moment you've been waiting on. God brought me here to bring you here. I've been up early, early this morning when he woke me up. When he woke me up at four o'clock and he began to talk to me. This is a moment that you've been waiting on. It's time for you to sound off your miracle.
want you to lay yourself upon the altar and let you see yourself as a miracle. Become a miracle and see a miracle. You ain't got to have me lay my hands upon you, and that's not what I want you to do tonight. I don't want you to come up here so I can lay my hands upon you. That's a Jewish tradition, which we believe in. But a Gentile dispensation is to do exactly like the Roman centurion and just speak the word only, Jesus, and my servant will be made whole. You speak the word from your lips. Mamas and daddies, it may look like it's a million miles off, but I want you to speak it. He led me to this moment for the miraculous. He led you to this moment for the miraculous. I want you to let your faith loose. If you believe it, it'll be there. There was a man that came all the way from Camden, Arkansas. Come all the way down to Camden, Arkansas. When he was woke early in the morning, when his mama had come to him and told him to get down to Camden, Arkansas. This man was a colored man, had been blind for many years. As Brother Brandon was making his way through a crowd of thousands of people, Brother Brandon was led by ushers. And there came a voice that said, have mercy on me, have mercy on me, Parson Branham. Have mercy on me, Parson Branham. And Brother Branham turned to that voice. He turned around to that voice. And the usher said, Brother Branham, you're in the south. You can't go through that mob, through that crowd. He said, but a voice. But the Spirit's leading me to go to that man. That man was a blind man for many years. He began to tell Brother Branham, said, Brother Branham, he said, my mama had heartfelt religion. Said she'd been gone many years now. But early this morning, she came to me and come real close and began to say to me, honey child, go down to Camden, Arkansas, the Lord's servant down there by the name of Branham, and you'll receive your sight. He said, so I got up early and got on a bus. And he said, I rode over 100 miles to get here. Brother Branham prayed for that blind man and in that moment he received his sight. In that moment, in this moment you can receive what you ask for. Don't you be afraid to ask for it, baby. You ask for it. God will give it to you. If you could raise a boy in Finland that was crushed, bones sticking out. What about you tonight? What about your need tonight? What about your mountain? Let your faith loose. 
Let your faith loose. When two omnipotents meet, something's got to shake. Something's got to take place. Let your faith loose. Speak the word. You were brought to this moment. Sound it out. 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 Let your faith loose. There's a living God amongst you. As he's passing by, touch him. He opens up deaf ears. He opens up blind eyes. And he restores hearts. His promises are yea and amen. Let your faith loose. This gospel didn't come in word only. It came in demonstration and in power of the Holy Ghost. The power to perform miracles. We don't seek after signs and we don't seek after miracles. But God's a God that performs miracles. Let the miraculous take place. It was not just for Brother Randall Misses for you. This is your night. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go to praising him. Go to praising him all over the building. Go to praising him. Go to praising him. Even when you don't see him working, he's working. God is a God that looks over his seed. He told you to relax and it happened. Just take a deep breath. Just take a deep breath. It may not look like it's coming, but I want to tell you by the inspiration of the Lord, it's coming. You got something to praise him about. Let it loose. Let it loose. Don't be afraid to praise him. Don't be afraid to worship him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's still God over the sea. He's still God over the storm. You've been praying for revival in your home, mama and daddy. Let it loose. Let it loose. Welcome into your heart. Welcome into your pew. Let it loose. Let your praise loose. Let your worship loose. Don't ever be ashamed. Don't ever be ashamed. Don't ever be ashamed. Don't ever be ashamed. Even when you don't see him working, he's working. I want you to let your faith loose and reach out. Reach out and touch him. He's heard every single prayer. Even when you weren't praying, he 
redirect your thoughts. Didn't he? <laughs> oh, hallelujah. If Moses could let out a shout on the other side, And he only had a form of the Holy Ghost. What about the children of God that's baptized by His Spirit? That that anointing won't ever leave you. Brother Stephen. Just go to praising Him tonight. Just go to praising Him.
dismissed tonight. He is an awesome God. Mighty God, worthy of all praise on Well, what a mighty God. I am blessed.